0: Thank you, Tony. Good morning, everyone. Recently, I read a fascinating novel about a man who was wrongly accused and arrested for murdering his wife, even though at the time of her death, he was in another part of the country. As a result of this false and malicious accusation, the central character of the story named Bill was shunned and rejected, suspended from his job and treated as an outcast by all except for his elder brother and the neighbors across the road who continued to believe in him. How was this man to prove his innocence? And how would he withstand the barrage of misunderstandings and the tide of hostile opposition that was directed his way? This novel shed some light for me on the situation presented in today's gospel reading. The account begins with Jesus' family coming out to restrain him or take charge of him, as the Greek word, and quite a violent word at that, should be translated. And apparently they did this because of the attention and the demands of the crowd, which were so pressing that Jesus and his disciples had no chance even to eat. But I think there's more to it than that. The reaction of Jesus' family is not a response to this isolated incident, but to the whole course and direction that Jesus' public ministry is taking. He has gone out of his mind, the people were saying, except that the word translated here as people is normally translated as relatives. Perhaps those translating from the Greek were being kind to Jesus' family. What this verse is really saying, though, is that his family think Jesus is mad. But then the focus shifts from the family to the scribes who had come down from Jerusalem. Clearly, they were not local spiritual leaders, but rather a delegation sent from the seat of religious and political authority to monitor what Jesus was doing and teaching. As with Jesus' family, this is a reaction to the impact of Jesus' ministry. For the scribes, Jesus' teaching is contrary to the law of God, and they reason his miraculous powers must therefore come from demonic sources rather than from heaven. So they say, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of demons, He casts out demons. But according to Methodist New Testament scholar Mona Hooker, the accusations of both family and scribes are as one. Jesus, she says, is as misunderstood by his own family as by the scribes. If like Bill in the novel, you have ever been in a situation where you have been completely misunderstood, wrongly accused or grossly misrepresented, then you will know how frighteningly distressful and painful it is to be in that place. You may therefore be able to have some empathy with Jesus who was simply carrying out his God-given ministry of healing the sick, casting out demons, and teaching the truths and values of God's kingdom. What then can we take from this passage? How people react to Jesus and his ministry may throw some light on how and why those both within the church and outside it sometimes react adversely to Christians or to the proclamation of Christian faith in the way that they do. There are, I believe, two important aspects to consider here. Adverse reactions come firstly from within us, and secondly, from outside of us. Let's consider those that come from within us. Misunderstandings and opposition often develop from feelings of threat and fear that arise in people's hearts and minds. When what is unfamiliar or unknown seems to be creating change or undermining long-held beliefs and practices, then we can feel very threatened and unsettled, feelings often reinforced by peer group pressure and social media. Jesus' family would never have experienced anything like the things they saw Jesus doing and heard him saying. To them, it might have seemed that he was overturning centuries-old traditions of the role of family, tribe, land, and nation as markers of what it means to belong to God with his new teaching about God's kingdom. the Scribes, Jesus was destabilizing their whole religious system and jeopardizing the spiritual and political authority they held over the nation, as well as the arrangement of compromise they had forged with their Roman occupiers. Even as we are moving towards emerging completely out of lockdown, I was struck by a recent survey which found that in spite of the highly successful vaccination program, one in 10 people canvassed did not want lockdown to end. It gave them a degree of security when they were feeling vulnerable. Perhaps the desire of many for the church to return to just the way it was before the pandemic is a similar sign of feeling threatened and insecure. Maybe, for some of us, the prospect of God building his kingdom or doing a new thing among us post-lockdown is just a step too far, which may provoke adverse reactions from within. But then, those that come from without, opposition isn't simply coming from within the family or the scribes because of what they think or feel about Jesus, but it's coming from a more powerful source outside of them. Both family and scribes are blinded to the true nature of Jesus and the reality of his ministry, so much so that Jesus' works of healing are attributed to the spiritual forces of evil. The short parable Jesus tells about tying up the strong man before plundering his house, points to the true source of opposition to God's kingdom, whether you call it Beelzebul, Satan, the devil, or the forces of evil and darkness at work in human life and the world. It's worth reflecting that similar opposition to the life of God's kingdom still prevails today. Global persecution of Christians is at its highest level that it has ever been. Even in our own country where systemic persecution is not widespread, some Christians can feel marginalized, disparaged and disadvantaged because of the religious views they hold. A recent all party parliamentary report on religion in the media stated that a public conversation which treats religion as outdated and irrelevant to today's world will leave a growing number of our fellow citizens increasingly isolated and marginalized. Has that been your experience? Is it an experience that you've come across within your own family, in your neighborhood, where you work or where you spend your leisure time? An experience that over time can be very debilitating on personal faith as well as upon our well-being. As we might expect, Jesus is key to our response to these reactions both from within and without. In spite of evidence to the contrary, Jesus asserts that the strong man is bound and therefore weakened. That's because Jesus won the battle over Satan during his time of testing in the wilderness. And later on the cross, Jesus will win the war and achieve a decisive and complete victory over the forces of sin, evil, and death. So Jesus is now gathering around him a growing circle of followers who will certainly face fears, misunderstandings, conflict, and opposition, but who will also see the kingdom of God building and breaking into human life, as a few chapters later, They are sent out by Jesus, and they, too, cast out many demons and anoint with oil, many who are sick and cure them. Now, these are not perfect followers of Jesus. They, too, often lack understanding and, at times, are blind to who Jesus is and what he's all about. They don't oppose him. They follow him, placing their trust in him and going courageously after him, in pursuit of the life of God's kingdom that they have seen emerging and growing in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. Do you count yourself among such a group of kingdom disciples? Not always understanding either and sometimes even blind to what God is doing in our midst, yet still willing in spite of everything to follow Jesus courageously and place your trust in him If so, then you are like those around Jesus he calls his mother or sister or brother. You are his family. You are an insider. And he will never forsake you, but be with you always as the one who has bound the strong man and overcome the powers of sin, evil, and death. But what of Jesus' natural family? Well, they appear again at the end of the passage, sandwiching the conversation between Jesus and the scribes, a familiar and deliberate technique that Mark uses to emphasize and reinforce a point that he is trying to get across. And the point Mark is making is this. Those who thought of themselves as insiders have become outsiders. And those on the outside find themselves to be on the inside, with Jesus. In these final verses of the passage, Mark tells us that Jesus' family is standing outside the house, disassociating themselves from Jesus and his disciples who are inside the house. It's there, inside the house, that we find the ones who, according to Jesus, do the will of God, and thereby those Jesus calls his mother and brothers and sisters. In this way, Jesus extends the parameters of family to embrace all those who, like Jesus, are seeking to build the kingdom of God. Does that include you and me? Are we on the inside of the house with Jesus or outside it with his family and the scribes? The answer to that depends on how we too respond to how God is building and growing the kingdom today. Where have you seen God offering forgiveness, renewing and transforming lives, bringing healing to those sick in body, mind or spirit, setting free those oppressed by the forces of evil, as Jesus did them in Galilee. And where we have seen God at work in these ways, are we seeking as church to join in, to accept God's invitation to share in the proclamation of the kingdom in word and deed? And where we hear God calling the church to participate in the new thing, that has been prophesied God is doing, are we willing to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit? Are we as church willing to trust Jesus enough to step out into new areas of ministry and mission rather than simply return to the safety of what we have known before? In other words, will we be insiders or outsiders in the kingdom of God? But for Jesus' natural family and even the scribes, this was not the end of the story. By God's grace revealed in Jesus, insiders who became outsiders came back as insiders again. James, one of the brothers of Jesus, became leader of the Jerusalem church. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, is said in the account in Acts 1 to be among those who, in the days after Jesus' ascension, waited in Jerusalem for the coming of the Holy Spirit, along with Jesus' brothers. And not every scribe and Pharisee was totally unsympathetic to Jesus and the cause of God's kingdom that he proclaimed in word and deed. For those of us who, like Bill in the novel, may know what it means to be misunderstood and wrongly accused, and also for all of us who may misjudge or falsely accuse others, Jesus invites us all to be part of his family. He wants those he gathers around him in pursuit of the kingdom, those he calls mother, brother, and sister to join him in the advance of God's kingdom and to be those who, in spite of fears from within and misunderstandings and opposition from without, are glad to be on the inside with Jesus and to become courageous disciples Following in his footsteps. We, you, and I accept the invitation Jesus gives us so that all may become insiders in the kingdom of God. Pray God that we do for his kingdom's sake. Amen.